You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. And as we do every Wednesday, we have Mike Renner on. I've told you this before, but we've got quite the lineup now where Monday I'm going to bring on guys from around the Locked On Network. Tuesday, we have Sage Rosenfels, as we talked about yesterday. Wednesday, we'll be with Mike from Pro Football Focus. And then Mike Sando on Thursday. And then on Fridays, I'm going to pick games against the spread and straight up. We are brought to you by my bookie. I'll tell you more about them. And Mike, how's it going, man? Going great. Glad to be back. Excited for tomorrow. Yeah, I am too. And a good game. And I want to get to that in a minute. But the Khalil Mack trade went down since we talked last. And I know you have strong opinions on what positions you should use your resources, you know, your draft picks, your money on. And I think Edge is one of them, correct? Yeah, Edge is definitely, sure. in my opinion, I would say the third most valuable position on a football field. Okay, if you're the GM of the Bears, are you willing to pay that price for Khalil Mack? <sighs> The big one. I am not willing to pay that much. I just do not think it is a prudent long-term move. If I'm the GM of, say, the Green Bay Packers, if I'm the GM of maybe the you know New England Patriots, I'm mm-hmm. willing to pay that price. But you're going to be costing yourself, you know, the prime of Mitch Trubisky's career is not this year. It's going to be the next three years after that. It's not. I just don't think it's a prudent move to rob yourself of long-term talent for this guy. It just, it felt like a, to to be honest, what it felt like was a GM sort of trying to save his job with a, you know, because if they went, they would go six and 10 this year, the Chicago bears, Ryan Pace loses his job. If they go nine and seven this year, all of a sudden he doesn't lose his job. He buys himself a few more years, but at the same time, uh, those few more years are going to be robbed of you know, early-round talent that could be added to the roster. I definitely see what you're saying, but do you agree with me that it was basically the last piece needed in the Bears' defense? Yeah, it was obviously the biggest need on that defense. It should be one of the best defenses in the NFL now, but at the same time, you know, you are... I don't think they're still that close. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think you're close enough that's putting you over the edge. Okay, so I have a feeling what you're going to say about this one. Would you have traded Mac for that price if you're the Raiders? <sighs> that one's tough. Yeah, it's I think it's harder, yeah. It's the other side of the coin. I'm not sure I would have because it's sort of a bird in the hand sort of thing. You already have him on the roster. You can pay him. You know, could have franchised him, paid him after. But uh, I do... I don't hate it from the Raiders' point of view. Uh, they, again, are not a team that's right there. They're not a team that's at the Super Bowl level with how little talent they had outside of Mac on that defense. And John Gruden basically has a lifetime contract to you know, basically make this his team. And so I think that's what he's doing is realizing I don't have to win right now. I can build this to win three or four years from now. And the more first-rounders I have, the more I can get guys that fit into what I want to do. Uh, but if I was the Raiders, I still would not have. I don't think I would have moved him for that price. Okay. Um, a couple Raiders side of this notes. The way I would have handled it, and I know players hate this, but I'm just franchising him over and over. I mean, they mm-hmm. you have that tool when you're you know available, much like the Steelers with Bell or the Redskins with Cousins. 
that you don't have to give him $22 million a year. I mean, I know he'll grumble about it, but so what? I mean, and then my other note I just wanted to mention with the Raiders, too, is, I, is they have a new, new defensive coordinator. Um, they have Cincinnati's old defensive coordinator. And what does Cincinnati want from their edge guys? They want huge players. They want Dunlap. They want Johnson. Mm-hmm. And Max great and fits any system, but he's not ideal for this one. It's not exactly what they're looking for. But as a result, I think this is now in contention to be the worst defense in the league. That's yeah, they're very much talent deprived, and they were going to be one of the yeah, they were going to be bad before this most likely. But now it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they are going to struggle to it, just do a lot of things and stop the run, pressure the quarterback, that sort of thing. They're just going to have they're going to have trouble. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mentioned before we are brought to you by my bookie. Ever since I've been doing this, I'm probably what's my 14th season, I think, in the media since I left the Browns. Um, everyone's been asking me for advice, asking me who I should bet on, and tune in on Friday, and I will give you all that information. But in the meantime, it's just as important where you bet as who you bet on, and that's why I'm recommending that you use my bookie. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and they absolutely have. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. They win, you win, and they pay. They have in-game live betting, which is my favorite way to do it. The most rewarding player perks in the business for you you fantasy guys out there. You can also bet the over-under. It's a new feature on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. That's free money, guys. So use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. The promo code is locked on when to create your account, your account and claim the free bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Mike. By the time people, hopefully people are listening to this before kickoff Thursday night. Do you have a strong feeling one way or another about the Falcons visiting the Eagles? And I, first off, I always feel for that team that's on the road to open the season on Thursday night. I mean, that's a brutal buzzsaw you walk into. Oh yeah, it's going to be about as you know about as tough an atmosphere as you can imagine on the road. But at the same time, you're going up against Nick Foles, who mm-hmm. is the roller coaster of all roller coasters. I just don't see him being able to come close to replicating the success he had last year in the playoffs. I, I just, I mean, he as he's much closer to, and it has been for the course of his career, the quarterback that played you know the four or five games before that than he has been the guy that played those last two games. So I, if I were a betting man, I'd go heavy on the Falcons. I just don't see really how the Eagles have improved over right. last year. And, and I, I don't, they're same team, but unless they don't, unless they have Wentz behind the center, I don't think they're going too far uh, this year. If Foles is playing extended period of time. Yeah, I agree. And I know everyone thinks he's the, the greatest thing now because of the last two games he played, but if I would have got a substantial offer, I would have traded him for sure this off season from the Eagles. I mean, I don't think his stock will ever be higher than it was, you know, after the Super Bowl. But I, my hunch is, also no Alshon in this game, my hunch is they're going to try to attack the middle of that Falcons defense. I mean, it's a defense built on speed, uh, as you guys have. I mean, the Eagles are probably the best run-blocking line in the league. Mm-hmm. I would think it's a heavy Jay Ajayi between the tackles, game plan, and some short-hitting throws make that defense run to the ball. Yeah, I think you got. I think you got to try to punch them right in the mouth because Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, you know Lane Johnson up front. That's a 
uh, like you mentioned, the Falcons' front seven is built to go sideline to sideline and play pass defense. They're not built to go straight ahead and you know hold the point at the line of scrimmage, and even more so now without Dontari Poe. So I do think that is the Eagles' best bet is to turn it into a run-heavy sort of game and see if they can you know continually you know get four or five a pop there. All right, all right. Now, we, we talked a little bit about the Eagles and Falcons, but I wanted to spend the rest of the podcast talking about the powerhouses in the NFC. I mean, I think we all agree the NFC is much stronger than the AFC. It's a very rocky path to even get to the postseason, let alone the Super Bowl. There's To me, there's really six powerhouse teams in the NFC, but I'm going to throw the Panthers in this mix as well. Two teams playing Thursday, Saints. Packers, Vikes, Rams, and I don't think the Panthers are in that category, but I am going to include them. Um, let's go one by one. Injuries aside, I mean, don't tell me Aaron Rodgers could get hurt. I mean, every, that could happen to anyone, and we saw the results of that, although the Wentz situation is looming. Give me your biggest concern about the Eagles. I think the Eagles' biggest concern is... I'd have to go with their cornerbacks. It's yeah. just outside of Ronald Darby has been up and down kind of over the course of his career. And they got mostly the up from him when he was healthy last year. But then across from him is a bunch of guys who very unproven. Jalen Mills has been picked on a lot over the course of his career, but played well down the stretch last year. Sidney Jones had a great preseason, but you know, it's still just preseason. So I, I do think, and they lost their probably most productive corner last year in Patrick Robinson. So a lot of just question marks in the secondary. And there's only so much you can do with a great pass rush. And they do have a great pass rush. I've seen even Jared Goff and the Rams, who you'll have to go against in the hold their own yeah and i have high hopes for Sidney jones i think that pick will end up paying off for them but i think you said it well too before where are the eagles any better than last year and i kind of feel like a shark you know if you stop swimming you die and i'm not sure that you have to keep improving and i don't think they did that i do think the falcons improved and maybe we don't see it right away but by adding ridley i think that is Mm -hmm. useful for sure and I think this offense is much better than the credit was given last year. What worries you, though, about the Falcons? I think it's the Jekyll and Hyde offense. The fact that they just disappeared in games for seemingly no reason. And a lot of it, maybe some of it was play calling, maybe some of it was you know, Matt Ryan. That's just been him over the course of his career. Hasn't been, you know, played at the consistently elite level he did in his MVP season, but uh, for some reason, like you mentioned, they just disappeared in crucial games and they just seemed to go in funks at times. So I think that's my biggest worry for them. Yeah, and, and on top of that, I'm not so sure that they're great at the guard positions either. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to see Fletcher Cox tomorrow. Um, what if they meet the Rams in the se- you know in the postseason or something? Oh yeah, every those lines. team in the right. NFC seems to have even the the Vikings and even the Packers have pretty nasty interiors now. So no doubt. that's going to be a big thing for them. No doubt. What about the Saints? Is there something that scares you about the Saints? I think they're just thin. A lot of different positions. You know, if they okay. suffered an injury, 
along the defensive line. Someone like Cameron Jordan went out for an extended period of time. They suffered an injury at cornerback, and all of a sudden the guy they're putting in there, I, I just think they're thin at a lot of different positions to where not, now quarterback not being one of them with Teddy Bridgewater in the mix, but I, I just think that they don't have the roster that can sort of stomach uh, injuries, which everyone seems to suffer. You know, Everyone's going to go through uh, periods where they lose guys, and I just don't think that roster is built to – lose any one of their key players, at least defensively. That's something I've been saying about the Vikings quite a bit, too, is I, I don't love their overall depth. The Saints, I think I have my hardest time picking one thing, though. I think this might be the best team in the league. They are very good. Uh, I do. I am a big fan of what they have, and they should just they should, on paper, get better from last season just because of you know how much young talent they added in terms of Ryan Ramchick, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus mm-hmm. Williams, who were immediate contributors as rookies. You'd think they should get better in year two. So there's not a lot to dislike about this team, I'll say. It's easier to find weaknesses in the Panthers. Mine clearly is the offensive line. And um, there's others. Secondary is not great. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the offensive line is going to be a huge issue, especially the left side of that line. I don't know what their plans exactly are, but the fact that both their starting tackles currently injured, you know, Matt Cleoff for the season. I'm not sure when Darrell Williams is going to be back, but not a lot of teams can suffer two tackle injuries. They at least have Taylor, you know, Mouton, who can step in and who actually looked very good this preseason, but Cam Newton and that offense, North Turner's offense relies on the tackles to be good. You know, he runs a lot of deep dropbacks. He puts a lot of pressure on that offensive line when you don't have two tackles. Yeah, Cam Newton's going to be getting hit and getting hit a lot. Yeah, and it's just, especially if it has deep dropbacks. And I'm curious what the mm-hmm. offense looks like. Um, Packers, to me, are much improved. And it's not just Rodgers coming back. I, I trust in the majority of their team. But I also think that it's not far-fetched to look at them and say, outside Devontae Adams, who are the weapons that are difference makers? I, still, I think Jimmy Graham's truthfully going to be a fairly big difference maker for them. And you look at that, you know, that offense when they've had legit tight ends, you know, the Jared Cook year a few years back, uh, the year with the years with Jermichael Finley, I think that's when they've been the most effective, uh, you know, as a team. So I do think that that uh, the I'm not terribly worried about the playmakers, but the wide receivers outside of Devontae is still worried. But my biggest worry is still the secondary. I mm-hmm. mean, you can only rely on rookie corners so much to where you know it's going to give me some pause saying. Yes, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson will come in and transform that secondary. Now they're not going to be much worse. You know, there's little chance they're going to be worse than they were last year. But are they going to be good enough to compete with everyone else in the NFC? That's a big ask for you know two guys who haven't played it down in the NFL yet. Yeah, no question. And I mentioned the Vikings' depth is concerning to me. That's also true with the last team, the Rams. But to stick with the Vikes. I think this O-line could be really bad this year, too. And I think Cousins yes. could then do too much. Maybe you can't rely on a Cook-led running game. I don't. I, I keep expecting the worst for the Vikes this year. Yeah, the Vikings are the one team where I, oh, I love the defense. I, I think they're getting maybe a little overhyped because of how bad that offensive line is. And yeah. because of just what we saw from Kirk Cousins over the course of his career, he has had good offensive lines pretty much every single year of his career except for last year. And then it just so happened to coincide with easily his worst year statistically. So 
that is worrisome for me. And this Vikings line, it's, it's just not good. No, <laughs> you know, it at just all. does not look good at all, especially uh, in terms of pass protection. He could be under a lot of heat. And I think it sort of got swept under the rug how much Case Keenum did to alleviate some of their pass pro issues with how he avoided pressure and how he got rid of the ball and avoided sacks. So, yeah, I do worry about this offensive line. Yeah, and I don't think O'Neal, the second-round pick from Pitt, is going to be any help this year. He's totally overmatched. And, yeah, I agree. And I would have taken Hernandez in the first round, the guard. And I know they love corners there, but this line would look a lot different with a first-round guard. Yeah, in terms of impact this year, I think a guard or a tackle could have made so much, so it could have helped them out so much more. But yeah. they've already invested. You know, they they gave some money to Remmers, they gave some money to Reef. They invested a draft pick last year. Uh, I think they probably could have used, like you said, they could have used another one. But they've already invested so much lately that I'm not sure they had the resources to go ahead and do it again. But yeah, it's still ugly. Yeah, and. Mentioned the Rams. I mean, they're very top-heavy roster. They're, they look like the 80 Showtime Lakers to me. Um, and they're not good at the second level or at the edge positions. But I think Coach Phillips can scheme around that with great interior pressure and man corners. And, you know, they have the important stuff taken care of. My worry is I think Goff is on a very strong career path, and I am a believer I just don't know that he's a championship type quarterback yet. No, yeah, that's my, I was, what I was going to say. My biggest okay. worry is still Jared Goff and the fact that, you know, they were about as hot as you can, you know, McVay's play calling was about as good as it can get last year. He was about right. as, you know, the NFL sort of always catches up to guys with these new innovative offenses. Well, I still believe in him as a play caller and still believe in that offense. You know, Goff still was not a very accurate quarterback last year. He still missed a lot of throws for his, good as the stats looked a lot of that was padded by Todd Gurley and his run after the catch and that sort of thing so yeah I still don't see Goff as he's of all the teams you know that are competing in the NFC I'd still take him probably last in terms of my quarterback rankings of those of all the teams we just mentioned here so that's probably the biggest worry yeah uh, me too and I'm not the biggest Cousins believer but yeah I mean clearly Wentz Ryan Breeze Newton Rogers I mean pretty good quarterback group and yeah Goff to me is Certainly behind all those by a wide margin. And like you said, I think every every coordinator, offense and defense, I think are studying the Rams. I think they're studying the Eagles. I think they're studying the Niners. How can we mm-hmm. be more like them? How can we stop those guys? And I just got to think that the Rams are not going to be the best offense in the league. I mean, it'll still be a good group, but it's got to take a step back. Yeah, I agree. And I also sort of worry about the offensive line a little bit. I do think you'll see at least some regression there because of well, just how well Andrew Whitworth and Sullivan, John Sullivan played last year, both well into their 30s. Whitworth now, I think, 36. And even mm-hmm. he, in their last game against the Falcons, looked, I think that for us, that was the lowest graded game he's had uh, in his career. And so the, the fact that that was his last game at his age is a little worrisome, you know, heading into this season. Yeah, no doubt. Mike, let's do it again next week. You are the man. Thanks so much for stopping by the Locked On NFL podcast. Perfect, Matt. Have a good one, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.